This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today we have a very exciting, a little a little different vibe of an episode. I'm going to be talking to you by myself for a little bit, and then coming up later in the episode, we have a very exciting interview with the one and only Tamra Judge. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 Survivor Tamra uh, told us all about her experience at Bluestone Manor. We talked about how she is feeling about Real Housewives of Orange County these days. We talked about what it's like to be giving Teddy Mellencamp a much-needed public relations makeover. So yeah, stick around for that interview with Tamara. But uh, before that, obviously, we've got to talk about Beverly Hills. We've got to talk about today's new episode of Ultimate Girls Trip. There's just... There's just a lot going on. As, As I'm sure you're aware, Beverly Hills has been quite the whirlwind these last couple of weeks, both on and off the show. Uh, with my guest yesterday, Caroline Blair, we talked all about the Kyle and Garcelle and Doreen, Erica, you know, all of the the nonsense. But <laughs> today we actually have an episode to talk about, which is funny how this season of Beverly Hills, it's almost like refreshing when I, when I can just sit down and talk about what actually happened on the show versus like, Oh, so this person tweeted something and then there was another cryptic thing. But yeah, it's 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 fun to actually talk about Real Housewives on a on a Real Housewives podcast, of course. This episode we pick up where we left off at Garcelle's birthday party. I feel like most of the rest of this party had already been released before the episode in clip form, but of course This is where we get, first of all, the weird, weird, weird interaction with Sutton, Diana, and Kyle, where Kyle is, like, manhandling Sutton as she questions whether or not Sutton is lying about having two miscarriages, just all around bizarre vibes. I don't, you know, Kyle's, like, in her, like, sort of apology-ish post, she's like, I had a few drinks in me, and it's like, I, it's a lot, but... Sutton calls Diana a motherfucker, which it's a that's a funny like insult to me because like I don't know if it's like a generational divide or if I if I don't like care, but to me like motherfucker is what you say when you like stub your toe, you're like motherfucker or like you know I don't know it, it's not like an insult and so it's like when Sutton's like you're just you're a motherfucker. And then later in the episode when Diana's talking to Vinny and she's like, you know where I come from, that you take it and it's like you sleep with your mother and that can, that's very offensive. It's like, uh, why are we here? What are we doing? I don't know. Diana's behavior with Sutton is very off-putting to me because it feels like Diana, for some reason, 
feels like she has kind of the upper hand in this dynamic. And that Sutton is like this weird, sad little person who is like worse than narcissistic and, you know, like all this, she's like diagnosing her and, you know, just talking about how she's like, there's something wrong with her and all this stuff. And like watching the show, I'm like, I don't, I still like Sutton more than I like Diana. And I feel like most people are having the same experience this season. And it's just like, it makes it kind of cringe to watch Diana, you know, sort of floating through this group acting like Sutton is like the problem child and she's rising above it when it's like, no, you're actually like digging yourself into a hole that I think is going to be pretty difficult to come back from. But, you know, of course, uh, then we also have the scene of Erica hitting on Oliver and then yelling at Jax. I feel like we've already kind of unpacked that. But of course, um, there is aftermath of that. We see Garcelle telling Robert, her hairstylist, that she wants an apology from Erica to Jax, which I think is perfectly warranted. The whole through line of Erica's behavior, Erica's drinking, Erica's free, loose mindset, you know, it's starting to sort of feel like it's going somewhere where like in Mexico, it was like, oh, it's like fun. She's drunk, whatever. Then at the party, it was like, that was bad. And then now we're kind of seeing Garcelle following up on it a little more and going into next week's episode. It seems like she's going to be kind of like carrying that bone uh, a little further, which you know, it's it's hard to come at somebody with, like, alcoholism accusations. I think that always is kind of a slippery slope. We've seen that sort of with Dorinda and, you know, in, in, with, in, on numerous occasions. But, like, I definitely think there is something going on there with Erica. And she's talked about being on the meds and drinking and the stuff she said to Garcelle's sons. It's like, yeah, like, that's a conversation that we can have. Then uh, Dorit and Crystal go to a self-defense class, uh, you know, very a, a classic Housewives activity. I always, I always love at these kinds of things where it's like Crystal is there early and she's talking to the instructor and then Dorit shows up and Dorit greets the instructor. And then <laughs> the like Housewives thing of them being like, oh, should we stretch? Yeah, let, let's stretch. And the instructor's like, okay, I'll leave you ladies alone for a few minutes so you can like, quote unquote, stretch. But really, I know what you're doing is like catching up with each other since the last time you filmed together. Uh, it's just like that, one of those housewives tropes that it's like when you go to an actual workout class or like self-defense class, the instructor doesn't just like give you 10 minutes alone <laughs> to stretch at the beginning of class. But I mean, Dorit is still really just trying to work through all of the aftermath of the break-in. It is tough to see her struggling with this throughout the season. I feel like it's the kind of thing where I'm glad that it doesn't feel like they're making it into a really like primary storyline because of course I care about it. Like I want her to be okay. I really feel for her. The stuff with the kids and the kids not knowing what happened is also a, a tricky thing. But at the same time, it's a very passive storyline. It's like, this one event happened a month ago and we 
There's nothing anybody can do about it. Obviously, we're, we can be there for Dorit and we can take her to self-defense class and we can make sure she knows she's loved and supported and all of this stuff. But it's not like a, the drama of the storyline isn't continuing. It's just like a process of healing. So I'm glad that we're getting kind of little check-ins with her, but like it's not it's not I feel like in a past season of Beverly Hills it might have been like the only thing going on and I'm thankful that it that is not the case. Then we see Sutton and Kyle go to dinner together and they're eating pasta. Love to see it. Kyle knows that she owes Sutton an apology for the way she handled literally like literally with her hands the situation at Garcelle's party. So there's this weird thing that happens of Kyle knows she needs to apologize. She sort of starts to, and then Sutton is like saying more stuff. And, you know, Kyle says like, I don't think that you weren't telling the truth. And Sutton was like, telling the truth. Like, you know, I, it's, it's tough because it, it, it was such a weird thing for Kyle to doubt in the first place that it's like, miscarriages are so common. So many women go through them. And then also so many women don't really talk about them that openly that it's like, I don't know why Kyle ever thought it was weird that she wasn't aware of son's miscarriages. It's like, yeah, cause you met her two years ago and she's like 50 now. So that wasn't the first thing you talked about. But I, Kyle is saying that Sutton is a difficult person to apologize because she doesn't shut up. And I mean, this is the kind of thing that that I like about Sutton, that it's like she just is like that little she's like that little awkwardness, that little quirkiness. And it's like, yeah, you just it's like, no, like Sutton, you're literally at this dinner for Kyle to apologize to you. Just like sit down and listen to the apology. And then you can like decide afterward whether or not, you know, how you feel about her moving forward. But I don't know. I feel like Sutton is still doing this thing where she she has to act a little bit like she doesn't have a problem with Diana and that it's like only Diana coming for her. And she's like, well, you know, like I tried to hug her. Like I, I thought I was connecting with her, like whatever. And it's like, I think sometimes you just have to let it go. You have to let the mouse go as uh, Dorit would say, as Sutton would say, who said that? Let the mouse go. I don't know. But, but yeah, it's like, I, I think Sutton, it will behoove Sutton to just kind of like stop giving a fuck about Diana. And I think we are inching closer to that point because later in the episode, of course, she has her sort of housewarming party post uh, most of the renovations. There's a lot going on, but Diana is a no-show. And um, or as uh, in my past retail job, they would call it. She is a no call, no show. She does not even give Sutton a heads up, which is just objectively rude. And I think everybody can agree on that. Even Erica, who like Erica and Sutton are now in this weird, like no man's land of like, I still hate the bitch, but I'm going to laugh with her and I'm going to come to her party and eat her food. Whatever. I support that, I guess. But they're in this like weird in between. But even Erica's like, I texted you that I was running late. Of course I would let you know if I wasn't going to come. And it's like, yeah, like Erica, <laughs> as much as she doesn't have manners, sometimes she still has some manners. Whereas Diana, Miss, we're too classy for this, Miss, you know, clumsy bit of words. She's, she's not even sending a courtesy text. That's bad form. I mean, I feel like you got to, as Lisa Vanderpump taught us, you got to be a little bit more, you know, Bobby Fisher with the chess pieces. You can't just be like, you can't give her that, le like, you can't give Sutton that reason to dislike you. You have to be the bigger person. 
I don't know. Diana, I just, I feel like she's losing the thread a little bit. But Rina this week sort of picks up for uh, for Team Diana. They have a little meeting at Diana's house. And, you know, of course, Diana's telling her what happened at Garcelle's birthday party while, while Rina was in New York at the Hot Zone Anthrax premiere with Harry Hamlin. Uh, and she's like, well, she's like, well, you know, Sutton was just, she was being so narcissistic. And I was talking about what, was, what happened with my baby. And it feels like Rina has fully just crossed over to the dark side where she's like, that's Sutton. That's, oh, she, she hit you with that. Oh, yup. I know just what you're talking about. And it's like disappointing, but also not surprising to see Rinna once again, just like fully abandoning any past loyalty to this woman that came on the show allegedly as her friend a couple of years ago. Um, and just kind of like, like playing right into Diana's narrative, which I just, it's like, who gives a fuck about Diana's narrative? But then at the, at, at Sutton's party, when Sutton is like, I don't, I don't do passive aggressive. I don't like passive aggressive. And Rina's like, Oh, you don't, you don't. Hmm. 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 Pot kettle, pot calling kettle. It's like, I just, Rina is so annoying. Like, it just is, it's hard because it's like watching the show. I feel like most of you probably are on the same page with this, but it's like nobody, nobody watching this is like, oh yeah, what Sutton did to Diana was so fucked up. And so the fact that Rinna in this situation, having such a, like a past with Sutton is seeing it a completely different way. It's like, <sighs> she's doing it again. She's doing it. But, you know, I did understand why she didn't want to walk in the muddy grass with those, like, satin Versace shoes. Because I kind of want those shoes. I think my feet would probably be too wide. I don't think they would look good, but those shoes are, those shoes are good. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing with Sutton. It's like, you can't invite these ladies over to walk through the grass in the mud. Eat lunch inside. You have a lovely home. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Let's start talking about Ultimate Girls Trip. This episode. We are still reeling from episode four, which was the episode where Jill and Dorinda got into it at the end. And that was such a weird situation. It was very bourbon-fueled on the part of Dorinda. And it was all, it was like started with this, you know, Jill asking Eva if she could like sit on the bed while she's recording her radio show. And Dorinda, for whatever reason, is just like latching onto that. She's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. Jill. And Jill starts crying and, you know, it felt like very messy, but also the way that Dorinda's handling the aftermath of it really is just rubbing me the wrong way. Because the next morning, Jill, you know, does the the grown-up housewife thing to do of saying like, hey, Dorinda, later when when it's just the two of us, I would like to, like, I feel like we should talk about last night. And Dorinda, of course, is like, let's talk about it now. I don't need to wait. Let's talk about it now. And then the second they sit down and start talking about it, Dorinda's like, well, Jill wanted to talk to me. Jill had a problem. And it's like, Jill wanted to talk to you later. I just feel like Dorinda in her conflicts so far this season is being, she's sort of missing the point maybe on purpose because with this Jill thing, I think with the the Tamara and Vicky yelling about the food, that was just like very poorly handled. But with this Jill thing, Dorinda is solely making it about asking Eva if she could sit on the bed. And she's like, well, Jill, I thought that was a pretty thirsty thing to do. And it's like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't really feel that that specifically was thirsty, but whatever, that's pretty much beside the point. But Dorinda is drawing a straight line from Eva wouldn't let you sit on the bed to then you like are bursting out crying and are like a total mess. And I just think there was more to that situation. And I think it's whether or not you like Jill or you think Jill is, you know, right or thirsty, you know, whatever. I think it's a little unfair to Jill to act like this was such a cut and dry thing of like, I told you to stop bothering Eva and then you started crying and lashed out at me. It's like, 
there was a lot more emotions and there's this like baggage and history there. And then Dorinda like burst into the confessional room and is talking about, you know, funerals and husbands dying. Like it just frustrates me. And I think it, you know, when Dorinda got put on pause, as she says, sort of the, the idea there was like, Oh, okay. So she's having kind of a rough season, a rough time, whatever. This will be great because she'll have a year to go off to kind of like work on herself to like figure her shit out. And then she can go back to the show and be like the fun, like messy Dorinda we all know and love. And these last couple episodes, it's just not seeming like that work really happened since she's been on pause which is not surprising, but just a little disappointing. And I was hoping that there would maybe be a little bit more of a, you know, an empathy there when she gets into arguments with people. But, you know, wishful thinking, perhaps. We go to dinner at the Red Lion Inn after a packed, these days are just so fucking packed. They already did the hot air balloon. They ate pancakes. They went to lunch. Too much. It's too much. But we're at dinner at the Red Lion Inn where Dorinda worked when she was younger. And I love that we see like multiple shots of her getting like the fun facts on the tour wrong. She like says the wrong year it was built. She's like, do they still have the homemade blue cheese dressing? And there's like, there's no blue cheese dressing. She's like, gonna lose it. But the big uh, the big to do at this dinner is Taylor getting uh, getting back into the mix. She brings up season two of Beverly Hills. Maybe season three. I don't know. Brandy outing Adrienne Maloof using a surrogate to have her sons, which at the time, Adrienne had not, I believe, not told her sons that this was the case. So it, you know, was this big secret, sort of. And then this was originally edited out of the show, and it was the reason why Adrienne didn't attend that reunion and therefore, you know, pretty much released herself from doing the show. But Taylor is bringing this up now. It's like approximately 10 years later. And Brandy's whole thing is like, I'm fine with Adrian now. This is none of your business. Why are you bringing this up? And while I appreciate the mess, I kind of have to agree. Like, (laughs) I really have been enjoying Taylor, this Ultimate Girls trip. But from Brandy's perspective, it is kind of like, wait, why are you the one? Like, if Adrian wants to bring this up, she, sh- she should have come on the girl's trip. You know, she could be the one yelling at me about this. But according to Brandy, they're friends. They're good. It's fine. So this really feels like Taylor just kind of like looking for a fight. And then it devolves into this weird, you know, mess of Taylor talking about how the show was so successful on season one. And they had this like agreement not to talk about each other's shit. And that it was like, uh, Brandy was like a stick in the water of successful women like it was just it got very weird and taylor's like whoever who else won a critics choice award that's right no one no one none of you none of you bitches won a critics choice award which like i need to fact check that but good for her if that's true but then brandy 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 uh she brings it brings it down brings the mood down a little bit by saying well was it really a successful season if your husband killed himself oh my god oh my god taylor Stops just short of threatening to go Oklahoma on her ass, which I wish she would have done. Brandy leaves the table and Phaedra and Jill are kind of her like, her like pep talk team. You know, they're going in the other room. They're like, they're like, you know, you just get, you know, like blah, 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 blah. And 
Brandy's like, well, yeah, like I do feel bad about what I did to Adrian. And they're like, well, would you change it? Anything? And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Brandy never change. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do with Brandy, but then they get her back to the table and Dorinda again, sort of like this Eva thing from the night before Dorinda has decided to make something that is not her problem, her problem. And she finds this husband comment by Brandy deeply offensive, which, yeah, I get. But, you know, Dorinda, of course, is in dead husband mode as well. And she's like, you don't bring up the husband. You don't bring up the husband. Imagine, what if your son died? The second she said it, I knew it was over. I knew it was going to shit. We know that housewives don't do well with analogies. And the thing is, okay, analogies Maybe never a good idea, but this one blows the fucking Gia Coke analogy out of the water. Dorinda! Okay, Jackie didn't say, you know, I'm not even going to say it because I feel like somebody's going to listen and like send it to somebody else and then somebody's going to like send me a letter from a lawyer. But <laughs> when Dorinda says that, it's just like, oh, these women, these women are killing me. These women are killing me. So then again, Brandy, Jill, Phaedra leave. They go to the bar. Brandy's like, vodka, give me vodka. <laughs> and Phaedra, and Brandy's like, I literally could. I literally could. I, I would have gone off on her. I would have gone off on her. And Phaedra's like, well, you can't do that. The, the lady could be your mother. <laughs> Brandy's like, she's only five years older than me. Uh, even in the middle of like being absolute nightmares, these women are making me laugh. And I guess that's what I love about this season. Because it's like the drama is real and intense and thrilling. But then also it's like you get these like moments of comic relief. Vicky finally wants to whoop it up. Vicky is one of those people where it's like, I, for the most part, I like kind of d- detest Vicky. But like, God damn it. Sometimes she's just like, she's fun. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <sighs> okay. I'm going to go get a lobotomy or something or maybe like a stiff drink. But in the meantime, don't go anywhere because my interview with Tamara Judge is coming up right after this. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Everyone, welcome back. I am now so thrilled to be joined by Real Housewives of Orange County legend and now Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip star, Tamara Judge. Hi, Tamara. Hi, Dylan. How are you? Good morning. Doing amazing. I'm so glad to have you here. This season of Ultimate Girls Trip is certainly the talk of the town right now. And <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think you're kind of at the center of it this week. I think this was my it was very heavy on the Tamara this this episode. Uh, the first couple episodes, I felt like watching it back going, oh, I'm not that engaging. I'm not like, you know, I'm because I'm so used to being the, you know, that's right. my opinion top of the world type of girl on the show. And um, I was really busy worrying about Vicky for the first couple episodes because she was sick and not feeling good and sad and all that stuff. So we, but we are alive in episode four. That's for (laughs) sure. We are alive. I think one thing that's interesting about ultimate girls trip is that for some of you that have been on the shows for so long, you do get to see a different side when it's not these women that you've been on the show with for all these years. And maybe it's a chance for you to just kind of have a fun time, but then, you know, obviously if you're pushed in the, in a certain way, we're still going to see that, you know, confrontational side come out. And it did feel, it did feel like you were kind of attacked out of nowhere this week. I, I will say. I, you know what? I was so shocked because so many people were eating in their room. And quite honestly, I swear to you, I never saw that sign in my room. There was so much because we were sharing a bedroom. There was so much all over the place and just crap everywhere. And I didn't even pay attention to it. So when we were eating in the room and we had cupcakes in our room, she put cupcakes in our room. So I didn't think it was a big deal. Marco, the uh, the butler, whatever you want to call him, he was coming to our room every morning saying, can I get you anything? And we're like, yeah, yogurt and coffee. And he would bring it to our room. So, I mean, I thought he was, you know, he would have followed the rules if anybody would have. Yeah. I mean, even he said on the episode that he didn't realize the normal rules were kind of in place. I do feel like when Peacock is coming in with this whole big crew and all of you are staying there for the week, it's like, it's not really your house for the week in a way. It's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think it, I think it'd be really hard to host something like that, especially in a house that big, since you want to protect your house, you know, you want to make sure everybody's having fun. So I know it was pretty stressful for Dorenda to do it all. Yeah, I do. I like hearing you talk about that you were for those first couple episodes, you really were focused on kind of making sure Vicky was okay. Because going into the season, obviously, we knew that she and Steve hadn't worked out 
eventually, but I don't think we all knew that it was going to be so immediate before the show. And so it really does kind of, I think as somebody who doesn't always see Vicky's side of things in this case, (laughs) it is a little bit more like, yeah, that it had to be so hard for her to really push through that week. Yeah. I mean, it really was definitely hard. I think, I think she knew it was coming with the Steve situation. It was a long time coming. They had issues, you know, for the last year or so. And I knew that because, you know, I'm the first one she calls to tell me about it. I was rooting for her to just kick him out because she had told me some of the things that had been going on. And, um, you know, he was living full time in Mexico. And then when he went to go run for governor, he moved back in with her. And I said, no, 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 this is not a good idea. And I think she was just very hopeful that it was going to work out for the two of them. And, and it didn't. And he, he uh, took the opportunity to move out while she was filming Ultimate Girls Trip. And, um, you know, letting her know that he was out. So that was, that was hard. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's tough. Cause we've seen Vicky go through that in the past. She is kind of that hopeless romantic person. She wants right. that, that perfect, you know, love tank match. And it, it is, you know, I know. it's, it sucks. It, it's hard, but you know, she's now dating another guy that I just met for the first time in New York. And he seems like a really good guy. From what I know, I'm like, I need blood sample, urine sample. I need to run some <laughs> DNA. I need to do a background check. <laughs> I I love your friendship with Vicky. Obviously, you know, in the past and then on Girls Trip this week, people always bring up this idea of you two being kind of a package deal. Yeah. And sometimes people suggest that you can't, you know, have your own opinions about things, especially seeing her in the press with back and forth with Dorinda. How do you feel when people kind of just lump you together automatically sometimes? Well, listen, there's hardly any housewives in history that can say they've been friends. You know, she was on for 14. I was on for 12. We've known each other for 16 years now. So, I mean, it's not just a working relationship. Like I know her off camera. We've been together through so much together. So people just instantly, you know, lump us together as, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And, um, and so, I mean, that's just, I'm used to it, but then they put us in the same bedroom together. So it was like, we were, you know, sleeping together, eating together, hanging out together. So I don't know. I felt like we were kind of set up for failure at that point because we're a package deal, (laughs) but we're not like, you know, Vicky left. I continued. It was easier for me to get to know the girls better because I didn't have, you know, just my time was focused on Vicky. I was able to like talk with Eva, talk with the rest of the girls and get to know them a little bit better. Was there anyone in the cast that you were particularly excited to spend time with, or maybe weren't sure how you were going to click with? Well, I wasn't sure how I was going to click with anybody, to be honest. Um, I didn't know Eva. Um, had never met her. I did not watch her on Atlanta. So, you know, I didn't know what to expect there. Of course, you know, you Google like, okay, let's see, Eva. <laughs> you know, beautiful, all the things above. Um, then uh, Phaedra, you know, because Phaedra and I were on around the same time. And she was just, she's just iconic to me. And I loved her on Atlanta. I was super excited to meet her. I don't think that we had ever met at any event prior, but I might be wrong. But we didn't have any kind of friendship. I didn't follow her on Instagram, like all that kind of stuff. So now Mm -hmm. the dynamic has totally changed. Um, Taylor lives in Orange County and I will run into her every so often and and have had lunch with her and stuff. So I wasn't concerned about Taylor at all. Brandy, we had a background that wasn't so great. We did early on years ago um, go to dinner and 
then after that, we had like a falling out on social media. So I tried to reach out to her and she wasn't having it. That she just called me out. Like, I'm like, it's a misunderstanding. You need to, you need to talk to me, but it turned into a huge, like just Instagram, Twitter fight. So I was a little afraid of Brandy. Dorinda, I had talked to many times. I think Brandy is one of those people where it's tough because you just never quite know what you're going to get from her. She can be so sweet. She can be lovely. She obviously has great friendships, but then it can, you know, one thing goes wrong or she has one too many drinks and all of a sudden she's being mean to you. Like I I imagine it's tough to really know how to approach that. Yeah. So Brandy, like most of us, like too much alcohol might not be that great for her. I I'm right there with her. I think that much like me, she has truth serum running through her veins. So, and no filter just like me. So it's kind of like when you start drinking, you start saying things that, you know, she's not a liar. She doesn't make things up, you know? And so she just kind of has no filter. And I think she is amazing TV. Absolutely. What, what did you think when you saw what she said about how she felt like you and Dorinda and Vicky as kind of some of the most recent housewives departures in the cast were sort of, I don't know, re-auditioning or still stuck in that mindset. What did you, how did you feel about that? Um, I didn't necessarily agree with what she was saying. I thought, Oh, that's not it at all. I actually went into the show in a different uh, frame of mind because you didn't have to worry about keeping your job. You didn't have that extra stress. You were just there to be you, you know, you didn't have to, I mean, if anything, it was a time to, you know, let the viewers see you in a different light in a, maybe a better light for some of those that maybe exited the show and they didn't look so good. This is the opportunity to show a different side to you. So it was never entering my mind, like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try to get my job back. I think, yeah. I mean, I think with you in particular, people have always, like in the couple of years since you've left Orange County, lots of people have constantly been bringing up the idea of you coming back. So it's not necessarily like, it's not like people forgot you existed. And then you're like, hi, remember me, put me back on the show. Like if they're going to put you on the show, they can come up with that idea on their own. Right. Right. And I think back in the day, if, uh, you know, Dorinda came at me like she did, I probably would have grabbed a cupcake, smeared it on my face, grabbed a couple, started clapping and walking through her house. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's probably, that's, that's Tamara on Orange County. Um, this was, you know, it was a different vibe. I felt like I was in her house. I didn't want to be disrespectful. And then when she was kind of condescending to me, I felt like, oh my God, like I, I let her down. Cause you know, we would talk all the time on, on the phone because we got let go around the same time. So, you know, and it's hard when you've been on a show for a really long time and then you get let go, you don't have anybody to talk to. Nobody understands it. And so Jorinda understood it and Vicky understood it. So we had that, that uh, connection. So when I did this, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, don't say you're sorry. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? I get it. No, don't say you get it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, I got so frustrated. I just cried and I watched myself and I'm like, what am I doing? That's not me. I'm not a pansy. Like why should I like, you know, grab the cupcake and start smashing them all over the place. <laughs> it's interesting what you say about when you leave a show that you've been on for a long time, because I think there is that audience thing of if you mention the show or you bring it up or whatever, it's like, oh, she's thirsty. She's desperate. She's, I know. Heart, you know, she'll do anything yeah. to get back. And it's like, 
any, I think anybody that if you're feeling like you're, you've been left out of something that you were a part of for such a long time, it's a natural human thing to have feelings about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people understand it until they're actually in it. I mean, I've called, I've been called that a bazillion times, especially with my podcast. Oh, she just wants to be on. No, I heart called me, offered me a salary to do a podcast. It's a job. It has nothing to do with going back to housewives. Like, no, I'm a hustler. I'm going to make money no matter every way I can. And that's just another avenue, you know, for me to make money. Um, no, I, I've accepted my fate. I know that, you know, I'm not on the show. Did I say it didn't hurt me? Yeah, it hurt me. The first year I was kind of in a funk. You have to understand this is 12 years of my life. I knew my routine for 12 years of my life. You give anybody any career for 12 years of their life and all of a sudden it's taken away from them. You're like, oh crap. It's, you know, you have to re- you have to find yourself. You have to, you know, look for other avenues of, of income. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Right. It would almost be weird if, if there wasn't that hole yeah. there. Like it would be weird if yeah. you just moved on, like nothing had happened. If I was on for like one year or two years, whatever, even three years. And then all of a sudden I, it, yeah, I mean, still it's going to sting. It's going to sting, but it's, you didn't have that much time invested in it. I had 12 years. My kids were tiny when I started. Now I, they're all grown. And I only have one at home. <laughs> right. And I mean, obviously your whole relationship with Eddie, we had seen from mm-hmm. even before that started on the yep. show. I'm curious, has Eddie been watching ultimate girls trip or is he like, I'm good on that. <laughs> Has not seen. Oh, well, we haven't turned it on at home. I always get the the screeners. So I will look at, I'll watch it on my phone, but um, not that I know he has not seen it. <laughs> he doesn't watch TV though. I told him the other day, cause he asked, he saw something on social media, a clip or something. I'm like, babe, you just have to watch. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's always probably like, you know, like going for a run or like, yeah, I don't know, doing some pushups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, he's like a, such a no drama guy. And like to watch something like that. Like if I have the Kardashians on in the house, he's like, turn that shit off. Like he does not want to be around it. Well, I'm sure after having a front row seat for so many years to some of, to some of the drama, he's like, I, I need to, it's not good for my, uh, for my health at this point. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he's fine. He's like, you do you, you be you, you watch what you want to watch. He's like, but I don't want to watch it. But he, I, I think he's secretly watching Ultimate Girls Trip. He just hasn't said anything yet. Okay. Yeah. He'll, you know, he'll be like, you can eat in the room if you want. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Going back to your podcast, obviously it's been so successful since you started. And I think a lot of people, it's no secret. A lot of people weren't big Teddy fans when she was on Beverly Hills. And I think for a lot of people. I didn't know that. I had no idea. (laughs) No idea. I think for a lot of people, your podcast has been kind of a, a, a game changer in how they see Teddy. And I'm wondering what you think it is about your pairing that works so well. And if you've kind of talked about that with her, because I I have to imagine things are sort of different for her now. I, you know what I always say, like, you know, not everybody's great for reality TV. It takes a certain personality to just be like, go in there. I don't like, I try to think back. And I even told her recently, I said, I need to go back and watch the earlier seasons when you were on, because I don't know what you were doing. That was so bad. I really don't. And, and oddly, I do remember like her last season, she was pregnant, but yet it was one of her better seasons to me from what I can remember. And now like there is a lot of hate on social media and a lot of opinions about how they feel about her. And a lot of um, DMS to me, like, Oh my God, you've really made me like Teddy. And I'm like, 
what the hell is going on? I'm like, I mean, I met Teddy about five times prior to signing on to do this podcast. Now, this wasn't something I was seeking out to do. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna do a podcast. Who could be my co-host? Teddy had an existing podcast. She called me and said, hey, I have had this podcast for years. I put it on hold because I'm doing another podcast. I don't know if people know that she was doing one on crime. And, um, and then she's like, would you be interested? And I said, that's so weird. I go, I've been asked so many times to do a podcast, but in what I've been told, you don't really make money on podcasts. It takes time to make money and all this stuff. So I'm like, it's not a huge priority to me because I have cut fitness. I have my CBD business. I, you know, I have the social media posts that I do and everything else. So she goes, well, let, let iHeart call you and they can negotiate with you. So they called me, made me an offer. I'm like, let's try it. Let's do it. They're like, we're going to change your podcast. We want it mostly about um, housewives, just recapping housewives. And I'm like, let's do it. That would be so easy for me. And here we are seven months later. And we're like, usually on the top 20, yeah. a, mil- a million downloads a month. Like we're killing it. Amazing. I think maybe with Teddy, with any housewives cast, there's going to be kind of better years and less good yeah. years. And I think with Orange County also, we've seen the last few years, like the casting is so important and the dynamics, and maybe there's somebody that has a lot of potential, but if the season just doesn't click, then you're never quite going to get to see that. And it is, it is such a hard, such a like fine tuned thing. And I think, you know, certainly yeah. with Orange County, a lot of people have felt the last couple of years, like weren't quite clicking. Yeah, no. And I could see that. I didn't watch the the first year after I left um, because it was just too hard. It was like, yeah. I unfollowed a lot of people, housewives on social media, or I muted them. And I took, you know, Eddie actually canceled the cable subscript, the Bravo subscription. And it was just better for my mental health because it was just so fresh and raw. And I, after the fact, you know, after I got over it, I tried to watch the first couple episodes of orange County. And there was a lot of like Tamara bashing between Emily and Shannon and all this stuff and calling me Lucifer. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't good for me. I said, I'm not going to watch it. I'm like, I'm not even on it. And they're talking about me on every single episode. It is strange how that happens. Like sometimes when someone leaves the show, you never, it's like they never existed, but then sometimes they turn the departure into the next season storyline. And it's like, I didn't ask to be a part of this. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. So it was too hard for me to watch. And then I just watched the recent season with Heather on it. And I mean, it was okay, but I, I feel like there's some room for tweaking. Have you, uh, have you talked to Heather at all? I know she had some, uh, some things to say about your podcast recently and how that would make your return to the show a little strange. Have you, have you like checked in with her since then? Yes, we've, we've had some conversations and, um, you know, we're okay. I still don't know where they came from and why she would say something like that. It was, it was hurtful for me. It's like something I'm not just going to get over because I, I've always rallied for her to come back. Always, always. From the day she was fired, I had asked Andy multiple times to bring her back. Mm. And when that happened, I'm like, wow, like I'm not a blogger. I have a podcast and so do you. And in your bio on your podcast, it says I recap housewives. <laughs> so it's like, why am I any different than you? So. Yeah, it's and it's always it's always tough because it's easy to talk about whether someone should leave the show or stay on the show, but when it comes from within the cast, it's like you're messing with someone's money potentially. Also, it's not just a fan casting theory. Think, yeah, for me, I think it was more like I was hurt because it's like, wow, like I've always rooted for you and always rallied for you, and 
when the tables turn, you're not doing that for me. And ultimately no cast member has the authority to make decisions on casting. They can speak their mind all they want, but at the end of the day, that's, that's Bravo's decision, not a cast member's. Exactly. Well, Tamara, excited to see what happens in the future. And of course, excited to keep watching you on Ultimate Girls Trip this Thank season. You. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's good seeing you again. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo Bay Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.